Hello and welcome to podcast number two of the PPM podcast by Regal Consulting. I'm Steve Winchester. And I'm Camille Pack. Hey, Steve. I'm so excited for podcast number two. I'm feeling pretty peppy. What about you? <laughs> yep. I, podcasting veterans already. That's right. We are we are becoming podcasting mavens. We have all the gear. We have a new guest interview for this show. And we have our man behind the virtual podcasting glass, Regal Creative Director Extraordinaire, Michael Murdoch. Michael, how's it going? It's going wonderful. And I'm I'm honestly happy that I have two very peppy and excited people on the line. <laughs> and you, we're always excited that you get to make this uh, cameo appearance for us. Uh, Camille, <laughs> what do we have going on for today's show? It's a great show today. We're going to look at some new PPM content that's available, share an interesting project and portfolio management question with everyone, and then we'll spend a few minutes with our special guest, Tammy Real Davis. Uh, Tammy's incredible. I can sit and talk to her for hours. She has the best stories. So before we jump into things, we'd like to thank each of you for taking the time to be with us. We are passionate about PPM. We hope you are as well. Uh, we want these podcasts to be fun, and hopefully we'll share something insightful with you. If you have suggestions or if there's something you'd like to see included in our podcasts, please drop us a line at podcast at regoconsulting.com. Speaking of regoconsulting.com, we have some great new content available do you like the way I spun that right into this section? <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> Thanks. We recently added three new sections to our website, blogs, white papers, and case studies. We get a lot of requests for our white papers, so we wanted to make it easier for you guys to get right to them. So if you click on the top right-hand link, you'll go directly to our white papers. Some of them are how to set up a resource management office the right way, six ways to speed up ideation, and PPM trends for healthcare. And, spoiler alert, only heard on this podcast, we're going to be releasing a new white paper soon, a practical guide to, to a bimodal, agile, and PPM practice. That white paper will release once Michael has finished designing it. Right, Michael? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm getting on it. It's, uh, it's on the project list just as soon as I'm done here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that little spoiler, Steve. And for bringing a little more stress into Michael's life. <laughs> So before we do reveal any more of our secrets, let's move to our question of the week. And for the benefit of our listeners, Steve, would you let our friends know how we get the questions? Why, most certainly. Uh, we have an internal email group called the Rego Community. It is a venue where all of our Rego expert guides can share best practices, tips, tricks, ask questions, get guidance. It's a great way to pull the years of experience that exist among our consultants. So each podcast... We pull a few of our more interesting questions to share with our listeners, share on this show. And, of course, our listeners can also send questions to us. So this week I snagged a CAPPM portfolio question. Are you ready? What, I am. Good. <laughs> what are some use cases as to why you would allocate costs outside a portfolio horizon? Example, if your portfolio is January 1st, 2017 through December 31st of the same year, why would you allocate money to that portfolio in January 2018? Wouldn't those costs be just part of next year's portfolio? Hmm. Okay, that's a good one. And about the best I can do on this one is to relate it to my own personal budgeting life. So maybe there's a future something 
that you know you're going to do next year and you want to account for that future something now? Close. This is what came back from our Rego Expert Guides. The two main use cases for entering costs beyond the portfolio horizon as part of your normal process is number one, enter costs past the horizon to perhaps capture ongoing maintenance and support costs at the portfolio level for your reporting, or two, enter costs beyond the horizon to capture known carryover costs at the time of annual planning or during your yearly review cycle, and that will be funded with this year's dollars. Okay, that that makes sense. Listeners, (laughs) do you agree? Anything you would add to that answer? Let us know at podcast at regoconsulting.com. Steve, guess what time it is? What time is it? Interview time. That's right. Interview time, my favorite part of the show. Today, we're thrilled to have Tammy Real Davis with us. Tammy's the technical lead at Montefiore Medical Center, and she's been with Montefiore for over 16 years, and she is literally a dear friend to everyone I know at Rego Consulting. She sure is. And, you know, Tammy is also part of another prestigious group of individuals. She is one of the few people uh, that have attended every year of Rego University. Mm-hmm. Tammy, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I feel honored. <laughs> so tell us about your journey. How did you get into project management and how did you get into Montefiore? It's funny because it, it it wasn't on my roadmap because I, I went to college for early childhood development. So get a load of that. <laughs> I love I love that you just called it a roadmap. You're such a project manager. <laughs> like, That's awesome. It took a left. But um, <laughs> I, I came from a dot-com company when that was big. And uh, I worked in the HR department at that point in time. Dot-com, dot-com companies took a plunge, right? And everybody know that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I got to get out of here because I don't want to get my paint slit. So let me start looking. And an opportunity opened up at uh, Montefiore. And I started there as an admin uh, support analyst. And my responsibility was to do budgets for a particular department. And I started working there for about three years. And I, I, I was like this um, round peg in a square hole. Not you. Yeah. And I was just sitting there and, you know, I like doing what I, what I was doing, but I just wasn't challenged enough. So I said a position opened up as a report analyst in the PMO department. um, And it was pretty, you know, it was a small department. It was only one person in it. And um, at that point in time, it was like ABT. So she said, listen, I need someone to do reports. Um, do you want to try to you know apply for this job? And I was like, sure. You know, I'm already doing reports now. And she said, nah, I think it'll be a little different, like access database. And I was like, what's that? Oh. <laughs> so um, I started doing that, and um, I, I started to really like it. And but at that point in time, like I said, it was ABT, so they were just downloading the repository, right? It's not mm-hmm. like where it is today. So it was a little bit different. And from there, I just kind of excelled and moved forward, and I love it. Oh, that's cool. So what's been the most significant change in PPM since you started? For me, it was <laughs> it became a web-based application. I think- <laughs> that's a pretty big change, right? 
I think there was a big, big change because, you know, for me, I was like using a stagecoach and I thought like Billy the Kid was going to come run out. And I was like, oh, whew, this is brutal. Like I'm, we're using this thing like it's so old. So when it came out with this web-based application, I was like, wow, I can actually get on a web and do a timesheet? No way. That's crazy. So <laughs> oh, I think- back in the days when you felt grateful for timesheets? <laughs> yes. So I was like, oh. And I think, you know, another big change since I started was the reporting. Because at that point in time, I really didn't have a lot of SQL knowledge and we were writing store procedures so when he came out with this concept of domains and this drag and drop um, functionality, it was easier for us to kick out reports um, as opposed to trying to find someone in-house to write these store procs for us. Mm-hmm. Most store totally. so, so you you mentioned Billy the Kid, and I just have to divert for one second and just ask you, what's the best movie that you've seen this summer? Is there anything you want to see? Well... All right, don't judge me. We would never. I'm do about that. to judge you. I'm so judging. I'm a big, I'm a big <laughs> Jumanji fan. Oh yeah, it's Jumanji. Out, it? Yeah, yeah. So there's a remake to that, and of course Kevin Hart's going to be in it, and I know it's going to be funny because Dave and Alan Greer was a hoot in the first one, right? I definitely want to see that. And, you know, I I haven't gone to movies. I mean, the last movie that I saw was War of the Planet of the Apes, which was was. intense. Well, that's a great great recommendation. I'm going to have to add that to my list. So now I guess I'm going to need to step in and bring us back into what we really want to talk to you about, which is PPM. So... You know, Tammy, what what do you see as the most important things or traits that PPM leaders need to know need to know or do to be successful today? Coming from being in it for 16 years, right? We're still learning, right? Even ourselves, then trying to fix things that we've done in the past. I think for other PPM leaders or anyone else who's starting off um, using the tool, I think What's important is to narrow down your processes, right? And try to avoid anything that's complex. So we have this big tool and we know CAPPM is a beast, Mm -hmm. but I don't think we have to roll out everything, right? So I think the focus is slow paced rollouts for user adoption and making the tool simple enough for users to, you know, just do some you know, minor clicks here and clicks here instead of having to drill, 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 drill to get the information they need. Um, But again, to go back, it's just kind of rolling out functionality piece by piece. And I know that there's prerequisites, but don't look at the tool and say, okay, you know what? I want to use portfolios. Okay. Now I want to do this and now I want to do that because it becomes overwhelming at times. So I think that's that's my opinion. I think those are great I, points. You know, who am I? <laughs> I've, I've heard and other people say the same thing. Yeah. One I think is really important is leveraging other organizations in your industry or not even so much in your industry, but just to kind of have discussions with them to say, okay, what, what things have you done? And start bouncing ideas off each other. We used to do that. And sometimes we still have a call here and there, but I think that's such a huge, huge benefit. Yeah, that's one of the things people talk about at RegoU, really liking to rub shoulders with people using the tool. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea with Rego, um, when I went to Rego University, it's kind of grouping us together. 
my industry. I think that that really helps. Absolutely. So then what are you focused on achieving right now? Like what is keeping you up at night? Honestly, I think it's the big picture, right? So for us, we like to see a roadmap of all of our IT projects and figure out, you know, what things need to come first. What are some dependencies? Do we have the capacity to do what's coming? What things need to stop? And I think for us, it's just having a, a, a picture all in one shot, right? Instead of having to look at, okay, these are the projects that we need to start first, but let's go over here on in, in this tool or this report and see if we have the capacity to do the work, you know, and we do capacity a little bit different. So I think for us, that's like a big, big deal. And I know CA is working on something like that. And we've been um, kind of on some of those calls with the um, the roadmap planning sessions. So um, we're really looking forward to it because those the ability to see project dependencies um, and a Gantt view is so, so important for us. That's great. Mm. Thank you well, for that, that, that. That, that insight. So, all right, this last question is really not meant to be self-serving, but I'm sure it's going to sound that way. So I mentioned earlier when we were introducing you that you're one of the few people who have attended every year of Rigo University. And just a few weeks ago, we announced that Rigo University 2018 is going to be in Leesburg, Virginia. Uh, at the beautiful Lansdowne Resort and Spa. We didn't get your pre-approval on this, but I need to check and see if you're okay with this venue, and especially since it's so close to home for you. Well, first, Steve, the key word was spa. Okay. <laughs> That's important. Um, I like the fact that it's close, because I think for us, it's like, I don't like to be up in the air for too long. That's numero uno. So the fact that it's close is awesome. Um, what would be super awesome if it was in New York, and then we can well, have the reception at my house. We'll make, I would love a reception. We'll make sure that Dan Greer <laughs> listens to this but podcast and gets that uh, gets that suggestion from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are all the questions I have, Michael. I thought you had a question for uh, Tammy as well. Well, Tammy, I, I do have a question. Um, I've never been to the Bronx. If I were to go there. Where would you take me out to eat? Okay. First of all, I'm, 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 I'm a Queens girl. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you where you're going to go in Queens, but if it's the Bronx, I would probably have to say city Island. Um, it has a bunch of seafood restaurants on there. I particularly like the seashore. Um, they have a thick, a pretty big wedge of cornbread. That's like amazing. <laughs> but for Queens, um, I would say Queen's Comfort in Astoria. And let me tell you why. Because they have the best disco tater tots ever and the best macaroni and cheese atomic fireballs. And they have Captain Crunch chicken fingers, which is amazing. So I would definitely say let's kind of move from the Bronx and come to Queen's for that place. Well, good. We always want to make sure our man behind the glass, Michael Murdoch, gets a chance to ask questions. So thank you, Michael. Tammy, uh, we sure enjoy visiting with you, and thank you for taking the time to share some of your insights with us today. Uh, Camille, anything you want to add before we close our interview? Um, I, I want to get a pair of boxing gloves and go out and hit a bag together, Tammy. <laughs> Listen, I'm always up for boxing. That's, that's my favorite, that's awesome. favorite that, hobby, and that's, so that's why I need to make sure that. I only say nice things when I'm around you at Rigo University. So <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 
All family, right. Steve. I wouldn't well, never do thank that. you. What a what a joy it's been to visit <laughs> with you today. And we hope that you have a uh, have a great few months until we see you in Lansdowne, Virginia. Yes, I'm looking forward to being there. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Tammy. What a great interview, Camille. Now as we wrap up, let's take a look at who's scheduled for our next podcast. Our next podcast features a conversation with one of Brigo's founders, the very funny, very pleasant Brian Winstall. I can't wait to hear from Brian. He is uh, he is so funny, and I'm sure we're going to learn some cool things about how it all started with Rigo. And maybe we might even hear a few things we don't know about Dan, right? It should be a great show. <laughs> it sure will be. Um, our special thanks to Tammy Real Davis for being with us today, and thanks to each of you for joining. If you have a question, please drop us a line at podcast at regoconsulting.com. The PPM Podcast is produced by Michael Murdoch.